Hi guys, welcome back. Um, we're going to be rebranding a little bit, so now we'll be called The Good Trouble Show. We're really excited about it mm-hmm. and this new name. Yeah, it's, it's going to be great. Um, you know, Good Trouble, drawing a little bit from uh, John Lewis, that's what he's always saying, get into some good trouble. I think that's, uh, we kind of have like good trouble conversations uh, on the show, but we're going to have a little little different change of pace today um today we're talking about uh mental health and the olympics just because it feels like a very very on-brand mainstream thing that is going on and i feel like that we could give a a decent perspective on it so josh if you'd like to kind of just kick us off with some of your thoughts you good yes yeah of course um so of course i feel like everyone's been hearing about um a lot of the mental health issues going around the olympics especially with simone biles uh naomi osaka and like other olympians and this is like a topic that didn't really start getting much attention until recently i was feel like in this past year with the pandemic and with everyone being isolated and not being able to really hang out with friends and family members and to kind of do their normal routines. It really had an effect on a lot of people. And I think because of that, we started talking about mental health issues, anxiety and depression um, and, and a lot of other things. And what really, what I loved about, especially Simone Biles is that she knew that she was not feeling up to it she didn't quit like that's what I think a lot of people are getting confused about is like oh she she couldn't handle it like she backed out she's not capable of doing doing like being an Olympian I'm just like I've, I've heard all those comments and they're just completely wrong they're incorrect like the fact that someone would even say something about a five-time Olympic Olympic champ has won multiple medals throughout her lifetime in the sport of gymnastics saying that she's not capable of of doing this olympics this time around is really it's really fun it's like kind of it's kind of funny to me because it just shows how little people know about simone biles and about the sport of gymnastics and how much um training how much um monumental events that they've had to um, give up to be Olympians. I think a lot of people forget about the struggles that um, all Olympians go through and that they have to give up so much to make their dreams come true. Mm-hmm. And for someone who is, I feel like someone's fairly young, she's like 24, to know that like, I'm not feeling it. This, and she even said that they they have turned the sport that she she's grown to love into something that she's it has become kind of like a burden and when something that you've done your whole entire life and people have all these unrealistic expectations of you it starts that has an effect on you and for her to like know herself well enough to be like i'm i'm not going to put myself through this stress and it's dangerous too if she's not feeling a hundred percent, like they are like turning, they are flipping, flipping, they are twisting in the air. They can get seriously injured. It's not like, it's not an easy sport whatsoever. 
That's why they're Olympians. No one can do what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, Josh, you're... yeah, go ahead, Nate. Yeah, you are. You are exactly correct. I've been. I've got a lot of thoughts on this. Um, my family, we are like, we are gymnastics fans. Like my mom was a college gymnast. My sister did some gymnastics when she was younger. Like we are gymnastics fans in my house. And so like, we kind of like, we understand, like we always love to watch gymnastics at the Olympics. And like having, like seeing Simone step out is one, like it's very powerful. Like it was, it was disappointing. Like, cause we really did want to see Simone compete. And I think everyone did want to see her compete and kick ass um but she made the right decision I mean I as strange as it sounds like you know she like this is the best case scenario in my opinion she was a little off during the trials but she still went because she you know she thought she was going to be able to push through everything and be ready for the games I think that's really that's what I believe really was was her thought process and all that, you know, there's still a bunch that we don't know of things happening behind the scenes, but respect for still trying to stick it out, still trying to make it happen. And she had a tough prelims, but the thing about Simone is her difficulty level is so high. It's so much, so far beyond what all all of the gymnasts are doing that she was having an off prelims and still coming in first. And then after that one vault in the team competition, she then kind of realized she was lost in space. She said she had the twisties. Every, after, after every gymnast heard that, they all completely understood her decision. Because what the twisties are in gymnastics is like Simone, as she was in that vault, she lost where she was in space. Like she didn't know exactly where she was. And so, I mean, the fact that she landed the way she did is honestly a good thing. Because when you're lost in space, going that high in the air, just flipping and twisting and turning around, when you lose where you are in space, like it's incredibly dangerous. You know, she was, she landed on her feet. Like I see that as a victory. She did not know where she was. You know, every gymnast, you know, Nastia Lukin, uh, Ali Raisman, all her teammates, certain Childs, uh, Suni Lee, who just took the gold medal in the all around, they all, understood what she was saying because like and understand why she backed out because in gymnastics especially when you're doing moves that Simone is doing which are so far beyond everyone else's difficulty level she's inventing moves in the Mm -hmm. sport that are already incredibly dangerous when she's a hundred percent there when she's not a hundred percent there it becomes too dangerous for her to do you know what would you rather see would you rather have Simone pull out or would you rather see her try and go and do all these crazy moves when she's not 100% there and land really badly and get severely injured. I mean, we you have to look at the risk and the benefit and the risks completely outweigh the benefits of Simone competing. You know, and she, she's now pulled out of everything. Team USA, we have a deep enough team in gymnastics that we're able to fill in for her. And it's not like we're incredibly damaged, you know? We still meddled in the team competition. You know, it wasn't a gold, but a silver is still pretty damn good, especially when you're missing your best gymnast. Mm-hmm. You know, Suni, like I just said, Suni Lee just took the gold in the all around. You know, there's still some of the individual medals that need where we need to compete in those. I mean, it's it's okay, like that Simone has stepped out, like, and she has now created it, like an idea now in athletes that 
if we're not 100% there, that it's totally fine Mm -hmm. for athletes to step away from their sport for a little bit. You know, I I actually saw something. It was like, it was very interesting saying that the whole idea of like the no I in team is good, but it's also can be extremely damaging to athletes. You know, just kind of that idea of like, oh, you have to stick everything out for the team. You know, at some point you do have to make a decision. Like sometimes you have to make decisions that benefit yourself. You know, Simone choosing to withdraw actually probably helped the team, you know, and it also helped herself a lot, helped herself so much, you know, because we don't want to see Simone getting hurt or injured. We don't want to see her kill herself. I mean, if you land on your neck the wrong way, that's it. You're done. And doing all the shit that Simone does, like that's entirely possible. Yeah. And you have to like, there's also other factors, Josh, that weigh into mm-hmm. the pressure that she was facing, not just the Olympics. I mean, she was kind of the face of Team USA this year. Everyone yeah, they, was they watching. Her, yep. Yeah, they made her the face. Everyone was watching the Olympics to watch Simone. You know, so that's already like the Olympics are already such high pressure. And then adding in the fact that you were the face of your entire country. I mean, that's a lot. Um mm-hmm. We cannot forget that she was a victim. She's a survivor of the Larry Nassar situation. And as one of the biggest names in gymnastics, like all over the world, especially she is the biggest name in USA gymnastics. Yep. Um, she feels like she needs to be pushing this conversation forward and making sure that this isn't forgotten about. And then add in the fact that these Olympics were supposed to be last year. Think that yep. and something that something that uh, people really forget about is that Olympians have very strict training schedules. Like Simone was trained to be at her peak last year, yeah, mm-hmm. and then COVID happened, and she had to go through a whole another year of training. That is incredibly damaging to her body. I'm honestly surprised that there's no physical injury that has already kind of mm-hmm. that has already kind of come up. And Nate, I would like to add something. It's like you just so much has happened in one year. Like if we are following a global pandemic, um, the mm-hmm. racial injustices that have been going on in the United States mm-hmm. and around the world, um, just all these like tragedies that have been happening, that takes a toll on your mental well-being. So for these Olympians, these athletes to from like they've been training for five years and to endure everything that they have over over these years and to come into the Olympics and for everyone to put all these basically I believe unrealistic expectations on them to perform at their best and to believe that none of these external factors play a role in their mental and their physical well-being is unbelievable to me. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have a tendency to see athletes, especially Olympians, as like as superhuman while they're doing things that are incredible and no regular person could ever do. They are still human beings. Simone still, you know, Simone, Naomi Osaka, all Olympians still deal with emotional turmoil. They are dealing with stress, pressure, anxiety. They they have dealt with all of the things that we have dealt with this year in terms of just like, you know, COVID isolation, you know, 
just the stress of a pandemic, you know, we're seeing that like the stress and pressure is especially getting to uh, women of color, mm-hmm. you know, women of females of color athletes, like it's, it is getting to them a lot because, you know, black women are some of the most oppressed people in this country yep. or just around the world, you know? They're dealing with misogyny and racism at the same time. Like that is, there's a lot to go. Like there's a lot there. There's a lot of trauma to, like, to unpack. I mean, it is, it is incredible. Like, honestly, it is incredible just to see like Simone still able to do like, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of losing my train of thought here just because I'm getting very riled up about this. Um, but just there's so much pressure that these Olympians are facing and like, yeah, Simone just had so much on top of her that like it really is, in my opinion, incredible that she was still able to even do like perform at the level that she was performing at just with all of that intense amounts of stress and pressure. Now, the one thing from this that I would like to know more about is where the coaching staff was. Cause I feel like the coaching staff could have been a little, like they had to have had some knowledge of it. And so I'm curious yeah. to see what that, mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what mm-hmm. that interaction would have been like, like how much of a role, like were the coach, like did Simone really like feel like she wasn't ready to compete and the coaching staff kind of pushed her into it Were the coaching staff encouraging her to step back and was Simone like, maybe I got this. Like, I was, I really want to know what that interaction. Yeah. Like. I mean, I'm I think very curious. Yeah, and I think we're going to end up learning more about what that's going to be like, you know, in toward like in the future. Like it's not all like there's still more for us to learn and know and, you know, things are going to happen. You know, when the documentary comes out about Simone Biles' life, you know, we'll learn a little bit about this situation and all that. that so I'm, I am very curious to see how that's going to play a role in all this. But I mean, just the hearing what Simone has been saying too, I mean, it's, it's, you can really only feel like sympathy for it. You know, like part, one mm-hmm. thing she said, is like, she wanted, like, she went out there wanting to do it for herself and not for yep. other people. And when she was out there, like, she felt like that wasn't the case. Like, just, just think about that. Like, imagine you're an Olympian. You know, you work all this time to become one of the greatest athletes in your sport and you get out there and it feels like you're not competing for yourself. You know, like you're not competing because you, like she feels like she's not competing for the love of the sport. She, you know, Simone loves gymnastics. But when she got out there in the Olympics, it felt like, you know, she was competing because everyone else wanted her to. Yep. That's like, exactly what she said. Just, yeah, take a second to just kind of think about that. Does, does, does that not seem unfair? Because, like, Simone isn't out there to compete for us. You know, Simone is an athlete. She's not an entertainer. You know, her job is to compete and to do the best that she can. But it's not to compete for us. It's just to compete. It's to compete for herself and for the team. You know, like I, I said earlier, I think she made an actual very good team decision to withdraw because I believe the rules are a bit complicated. I'm not 100% sure on on the rules for 
like the team competition. Like she withdrew from the team competition. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I able to go in the individuals. She's fully withdrawn at this point. She's not in the individuals. She's not in the all. Wait, 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 wait. Out of the games. Wait, 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 wait. I thought she with. I'm. I was thinking from what I read, she withdrew from the, um, the team and the individual. But she hasn't stated what she'll be doing for the individual events that I think that are happening next week. Whether or not from what I from what I heard, I believe so. I know she withdrew. She obviously withdrew from the team competition, and she mm-hmm. withdrew from the all around. She withdrew from the all around as well. I will check right now. I believe she has fully withdrawn. I believe she's like withdrawn from the individual events. And then, so also... okay, so I know, so she's she's withdrawn. She's withdrawn from the all around. So I think there's still potential maybe for her withdrawing from the individual events. I don't think that call has been made yeah. yet. But one thing, again, about like having the twisties and being in that mental state is it takes a little, like it takes a while to get out of that. And so how about this? All the media attention on Simone isn't going to help. Yeah, all of like, these help. people... All these people you see in the comments saying that she's not the goat and that it's not Mamba mentality and now Jordan competed with the flu. All of those comments are not going to help her get better. No. It's actually probably most likely going to prolong her recovery, which mm-hmm. quick tangent, that is such bullshit. The whole not the goat, like, you know, Jordan competed with the flu. Brady was down 28 to three objectively watch gymnastics and then watch basketball no no hate to basketball players but gymnastics is way more difficult than basketball is Mm -hmm. you know jordan jordan competed with the flu that is true and then also it's a he was not event like you know what i mean like those sports are like Mm -hmm. gymnastics is individual Yes, gymnastics, like there's a team component to gymnastics, like, yeah. you know, the team competition, but there's a lot of individual aspects to gymnastics as well. So like when in all, in all these team sports that people keep referencing, someone could be having an off day and the rest of the team will pick them up. But in gymnastics, it really just like each individual needs to perform at a very high level for the team to be so successful. Like it's... Gymnastics, it gets, it's just on such a different, like, it's such a different playing field. You know, it's, there's so many different aspects to gymnastics than there is in, like, basketball or football, you know? And how this, the mental, like, someone being mentally off in a basketball game or a football game or a baseball game or hockey or whatever, likely is not going to be life-threatening. Again, like Simone being off is, you know, that makes it dangerous for her health and her well-being and for her life. You know, she lands wrong. That's it. Mm-hmm. And then they're also forgetting like gymnastics is a sport that you that they only can do for a certain amount of time before you're if you start feeling the effects on your mm-hmm. body. That's why you see a lot of these gym, gymnasts they retire after. 2022 like simone is considered like a little bit older in the sport of gymnastics yeah she is yeah simone Simone is 24 yeah 
this this is physically demanding on the body it's extremely physically demanding and like the thing is too is simone has battled adversity as well like she has battled physical adversity um a quote here from uh Kavitha Davidson she said that uh, a tweet that she sent out quote Simone Biles won nationals with broken toes and both feet worlds with a kidney stone and has carried the burden of being a face of a sexual assault survivors as sexual of a sexual assault survivors as a national institution failed to support them half of all complaining about toughness can't handle wearing a mask in Wegmans like it's it's so true mm -hmm. like she, she has dealt with physical like issues like everyone's referencing um carrie strug back in 1996 uh the olympic games in atlanta she went through a vault during the team competition and like she had to vault one more time for her team to win gold first and she landed on one foot yeah. i am not oh, trying yeah. to i'm not trying to discount carrie strug that i watched the video that was incredible but the thing is, too, like, so she still knew where she was in the air. And yeah, and she battled really hard. And, and some, like, I just read it on that. Simone has done that, too. You know, like, like, oh, broken ankle versus broken toes. Gymnastics requires all of the body to be in good health. They are using the full, like, they are using their entire body, especially during, like, the vault, the beam, the floor. It's so heavy on the legs, the bars are heavy on the arms, everything's heavy on the core. Like it's just, it's such a physically demanding sport. And Simone, and Simone has battled injury and has fought through it. You know, people are complaining about her toughness. You do it. You mm -hmm. do what Simone has done. I can't do it. And I consider myself- I can't do it athlete. either. Yeah. I mean, like the, some of these takes, I have to say, Josh, are some of the most internet takes, like the most online takes, People are talking about how Simone should just push through. These are people who have could never do what she does in their entire mm -hmm. lifetime. No. Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a chronically online take when I'm seeing people like attacking and going after Simone. It's such like people are being so hostile towards her and have no idea like how much she has been able to do, what she's doing, and what type of pressure she's dealing with. I mean, Michael Phelps also, like he took her side as well, saying like that Olympians deal with such pressure. Like, yeah, such he's been open about his mental health issues too. Mm -hmm. He has been open about his mental health issues and he's trying to drive a conversation forward about athletes and mental health. And if there's anyone who understands the type of pressure that Simone has faced in the whole face of Team USA thing, it's Michael Phelps. Mm -hmm. I mean, the man is the most decorated Olympian of all time. You know, people watch swim. Like, I've noticed this year that the men's swimming without Michael Phelps is so boring. So, like, Michael Phelps was the face of men's swimming. Like, just in total, he was the face of men's swimming internationally. Yeah. And so like he understands the pressure of having to deal with so many people expecting him to perform at such a high level. And he was able to. And you know, swimming is a physically demanding sport, but it goes back to what I was saying. When you're not 100% there in gymnastics, it becomes dangerous. 
when you're not 100% there in swimming, it just becomes more difficult. You know, the, the pressure like is likely not going to make Olympians forget how to swim, but the pressure is going to likely make a gymnast lose where they are on the air, which makes it very difficult for them to land. I mean, I feel I'm repeating myself here, but like, it's like it's just the inherent truth. It's fact. Yeah, no, I completely understand. But I'm also really happy that I'm seeing a lot of like positive um, comments and support mm-hmm. for Simone and her um, her family, her friends. Um, I'm seeing a lot more. I feel like positive comments on social media um, than negative ones right now. And I'm happy that I'm happy that her sponsors are supporting her, backing her up, because I feel like if this was a few years ago, I feel like athletes were felt like they, they couldn't do that because they would lose sponsorships. They would lose um, the support of their teammates and their country. But I feel like now I'm seeing a, um, a kind of change and more support for Simone and more advocates for mental health um, becoming more aware and really backing her up and supporting her. And I think that's something that we should all do. Mm-hmm. And I think now we should move uh, into Naomi Osaka. Do you want to do that, Nate? Yeah, yeah. So Naomi Osaka, um, had an early exit in the Olympics. She was actually competing for uh, the Japanese national team. Uh, and she was unseated um, by, I'm forgetting the name. I'm actually, I'm going to check right now just to see if I can. It's like hard to pronounce. I think it was, it's hard. Yes, yeah, so I know I that she put- was, um, I don't want to butcher it either. I know she was an, actually an unseated athlete from the Czech Republic, I believe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Naomi Osaka was very, she was verbal about the fact that she was having, you know, some some mental health uh, issues as well. And she was, she's saying that she was not in her A game and, you know, she was hoping to just take like, she just, she wasn't fully there and she was mm-hmm. having difficulty competing. And that was one of the reasons why she had an early exit. And so one thing that I found is positive about the Naomi Osaka situation is people aren't going after her the way they're going after Simone. Yeah. Like people, more people are supporting Naomi Osaka than they are Simone Biles. Um, part of that is I, think I would like that. that yeah. go, go ahead, Josh, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm oh, sorry. I think also it's... Um... I'm seeing that maybe a little bit more um, because I remember earlier in the year she withdrew from the French Open um, to focus more on her mental health and mm-hmm. just spend more time with her family and friends. And I think that's something that we are seeing from um, that we've seen repeatedly for Naomi Osaka. She doesn't, she puts her mental and her physical well being above. Um, what she does her sport and i think that is the most important thing because at the end of the day that's all that you have and mm-hmm. so that's something that we see repeatedly from from her and also the controversies that she has faced for not wanting to um speak to the french press after i remember 
after one of her matches in um in the French Open and she was fined I believe like it was like fifteen thousand dollars for not wanting to do a press conference and so she has also faced a lot of scrutiny and I feel like in in other ways but she I feel she ignores that she ignores all the hateful comments from the press from the the media and she just chooses to focus on herself and I think that's the most important thing at the end of the day yeah yeah I I agree with you Josh like I think Naomi Osaka is she is kind of on the forefront I think she's kind of becoming like a pioneer of really making sure that athletes understand that you like you can take a break for your mental health like Mm-hmm. Like she has been doing this, like pr- like you said, like she withdrew from the French Open. She's been doing this, like pre Olympics. So like she, that is one thing. Like that is a message that she is sending, that I think is a very positive one. It, so, I mean, I, th- I I also wonder. It raises the question too, Josh, of how many other athletes before these Olympic Games, or just how many athletes are there out there? Um, who have wanted to do this, who are now realizing, wow, I could have done that and I would have been so much healthier. Mm-hmm. You know, she's really, Naomi Osaka and Simona Swaller driving driving forward this conversation for athletes of, you know, they don't owe anyone anything. Like they, they, it is, they are the ones competing and they are allowed to choose whether or not that's going to happen. You know, they are allowed to choose whether or not they are going to compete. You know, just because some random guy on Twitter wants them to compete doesn't mean they have to. And I think that's a very positive message to be sending to young athletes who are just getting into higher levels of competitive sports. It's a great message to send to other Olympians, to other high-level athletes. I mean, it's just, it really is a good thing and I, I really, I, I find difficulty in understanding why people see it as a bad thing. And I, but part of it goes, I think, to the stigmatization of, of mental health. Like they don't respect, people don't respect mental health injuries. The yeah, they, they don't. They respect physical injuries. Mm-hmm. So like, There's still stigma yeah. behind it. Mm-hmm. There's a huge thing. Like people don't really understand how damaging, you know, mental health issues can be to people i mean just think back to like covid i mean i mean josh too we were just like we were in high school just trying to do like classes and some schoolwork and even that was difficult just because hard intense pressure of like just like the world like the world was changing so fast around us i mean could you imagine being like a high level athlete at that point having to train at such a physically demanding level like there there has been psychological studies that show that mental health issues actually can cause physical problems mm-hmm. as strange as that sounds that is act like that is i studied it this year in um this year in ap psych we learned about that how mental health issues and psychological problems can impact your physical well-being so just think about how the physicality of these Olympians are being impacted by the intense amount of stress and pressures they're facing mentally. Their body, like, while their bodies are strong, 
we're also incredibly fragile. Yep. You know, they need to be so well regulated to perform at such a high level. And it's just like, in some cases, the human body was just not meant to naturally do all these things. I mean, like, it's the human body is capable of doing it, but at great expense to itself. You know, it's, yeah, I mean, that's just, I'm, again, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought here, but. And I would like to add that, notice how, maybe I'm just gaslighting a little bit, but notice how they're coming mainly after Black athletes. And it's not just in the Olympics. You saw a lot in the Euro final with the uh, English soccer team. Mm-hmm. And you saw how they got the, the the next day they attacked all of those black athletes, how they call them racial slurs, um, and kind of how you really saw that. I think you see a lot in sports in general that it's always the black athletes who have the most burden on them. And when they they don't fulfill like kind of their role, and don't do their job, that the whole world attacks them and goes after them. Like mm-hmm. we, we like, and that was just like a prime example because I remember watching it, and it so happened to be three um, black soccer players on the English national team, and young as nineteen years old, and mm-hmm. the coaches knew that, their teammates knew that, and put all the pressure on them in those final minutes to get those penalty kicks. Mm-hmm. The ones with the least amount of experience and they put them in that situation. And also knowing, and also I feel like also they had to know, I don't believe that they didn't know that if they missed it, the the social media um backlash and racism and just bigotry that they face i remember after like the prime minister the royal family all these high level officials had to issue a statements that like like they don't condone this mm-hmm. and so seeing it there and then also seeing it with simone biles her being bl- black but also a woman and how they they kind of made her the face of the olympics and of the team and when she she's not being able to kind of fulfill like her role like it's just automatically going after her going after her race going after her gender like saying that she's not Mm -hmm. capable you see it with naomi osaka like (laughs) like you see it with um even though shikari richardson didn't um go to the, the Olympics, you see it, like, you saw it with her, like, you see all these, like, these Black athletes in the Olympics and in professional mm-hmm. sports and how they're just being attacked and criticized far more than their white counterparts, in my opinion. Yeah. I, uh, go ahead, go oh, ahead. No, go I, ahead. I have one just, okay. I just, like, what you're saying, Josh, is completely true, especially... When you started talking about the situation with the English national team in the Euro Cup finals, it, it made me just kind of think of this, like, it just made me think of this. It's like everyone loves black athletes until they lose. 
Once they, once black athletes lose or don't perform to these, in some cases, unrealistic standards that fans are setting for them, then at, all of a sudden they are, you know, a disgrace to the team, you know, all of a sudden they suddenly are, you know, they're not like athletes on a team that they're a fan of. They are, I'm not going to say any of these racial slurs, but you know, they, they feel like, you know, they are calling these athletes racial slurs. They are treating them with such disrespect and it's disgusting. And like people are seeing these black athletes, not as human beings or not as like regular people, which is like, they, they, they are people they are sometimes athletes are sometimes treated as more than human but when they don't perform they're treated as less than human mm-hmm. um you know people are seeing like these black athletes as so great until they don't perform and then all of a sudden they are a disgrace to the nation a disgrace to the country again i want to say so badly to these fans you do it yeah you do it like you know, to all these all these people who are so critical and so loud in some cases like the most unathletic people out there <laughs> and like you know, people are criticizing those those three athletes on the english national team like you go out there with all that pressure and make a penalty shot people are criticizing naomi osaka you go out there and like play olympic level tennis everyone everyone complaining about simone biles you go out there and invent new moves in gymnastics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we. it really speaks to how, not just in America, I think that's a dangerous narrative sometimes that only racism exists in, in America. It exists in Europe too and in Canada. They're just way better at hiding it. Mm-hmm. Um, racism, like it's such a great example of just like, God, I kind of forgot what I was going to say, but just how the way black athletes are treated is like a great example of how just black people are treated. You know, everyone wants black people and black athletes to fulfill these roles and expectations that they have for them in society and only appreciate black people when we are contributing in some way, shape or form. But when black people, you know, when we make mistakes, when we just simply, you know, have an off day all of a sudden we are worthless mm-hmm. yep. you know and you see it so like you see it so like it's put under such a bright light with athletes you know everyone loves black athletes till they lose facts yeah i'm true i think seeing it with um, black professional athletes and just also com- comparing it to also just regular um, everyday um, black people in the United States and around the world and kind of the scrutiny and the added pressure and the double standards that are placed on us to kind of like you have to be kind of twice as good you have to be exceptional if not like you have to if not like then you're kind of deemed worthless or other or second class and then that's just something that like I see no matter whether in sports or whether like kind of in regular everyday life with um with black people around the world Mm -hmm. yeah I, I completely agree
So I think this is a good time to like go into closing thoughts. Yeah. Nate, do you want to start? Sure. Yeah. Um, in, in classic Nate fashion and closing thoughts, I'm pretty much just going to repeat everything I said uh, for the past 30 or so minutes. Um, looking at the Simone situation, I mean, it feels it's so wrong to criticize her. Um, you know, she tried, she made a decision to benefit herself, her mental well-being, and her physical health. And I think we should not be criticizing people for valuing, you know, their health, for, <clears throat> for valuing their health and their well-being. He, I think people are going to start understanding more, hopefully, as the stigmatization of mental health trauma and mental health issues are, as that stigmatization is brought down. Um, so I can't, sometimes I can't fully blame people because of the stigma that exists. And some people just genuinely don't understand the way mental health works. And as we're able to kind of move those conversations forward, people are gonna start better, having a better understanding as to why athletes make these decisions. Um, as far as Naomi Osaka goes, I like, she's not even, she's not competing for the United States team, but I'm still so proud of her. I mean, it doesn't make, probably means nothing to Naomi Osaka. She doesn't like know I exist. But I mean, I think like I was, I feel immense pride for Naomi Osaka for making that decision in the French Open and for being able to value her mental health above all else and citing that, you know, in her life, she is the most important person and she's going to take care of herself. And if that upsets you, tough, you know, because she's going to take care of herself. And that's such a great message to be sending to people. Everyone's talking about kids need strong role models and all this. The strongest people are the ones who are able to admit when they're feeling weak. And I think that's such a good way, like that's such a really good message to send to young people is that like, it's, like, it's okay to not be okay. If you are not feeling your strongest, it's okay to like, say that you're feeling that way you know there are going to be people to help you it's okay to ask for help mm -hmm. you know that's a message that naomi osaka is sending that's a message that simone biles is now sending that's the message that i think a lot of these olympians are starting to send and it's a very good thing for young people young kids to hear yeah that's really that's all i've got you know if you want to you want me to reiterate everything just rewind and listen to what I was saying before yeah I completely agree with you Nate I think something that Simone Biles really well is really advocating for mental health and really expressing that like she she herself a high level athlete competing at the Olympic level she's not okay she struggles with mental health and I think that's something that's really important, um, especially for this generation and future generations, is to, it's okay to not be okay. Um, it's all right to seek out help when you need it. Um, even she has bad, even she has bad days and doesn't feel her best. And as you said, Nate, it's important to go and seek out help. And with Naomi Osaka, I really, she is someone who has, even at such a young age, always put her mental health first, no matter what the consequences is. Um, you saw it in the French Open when she didn't, she didn't care. She's just like, I'm not going to put myself into that situation that's going to 
affect my mental well-being even even if I have to pay a fine mm-hmm. and even with her not uh, doing well in the Olympics she's still the one of the best tennis players of all time the highest paid tennis player don't forget that um so it, like the Olympics at the end of the day is a it's an amazing it's an amazing opportunity it's something that only happens once every four years but there are also so many other competitions I feel like we don't see like world's nationals like they're competing all it's not like they're just competing once every four mm-hmm. years like I think mm-hmm. their sport only gets attention like once every four years when the Olympics comes around but they have mm-hmm. been doing this training winning being some of the being some of the best athletes in the world year after year and competitions that happen around the world that don't get attention mm-hmm. so i feel like this is something that like people are they're really focusing on but it's it, the only the they only get attention when the olympics comes comes around there's so many other competitions that matter too that we don't focus on and the spotlight only gets um, shined when they are competing in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So I feel like both athletes, both athletes, both women of color are doing amazing things by putting their well-being first. And I applaud them. I respect them tremendously. And just them being role models to generations of people around the world and showcasing that the kind of de-escalating the stigma surrounding mental health and to be proponents for it and to kind of make this world a better place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, our new title, The Good Trouble Show. Hope you guys like it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. We'll be back. Yeah, we'll, we'll be making more episodes, of course. Yeah, we'll be back soon with other stuff. We're just, we just, we, we want we want to get it going a little bit more, right, Josh? We just got to, you know, college stuff and figuring all that out. That takes a lot of time. So we'll bring you guys episodes whenever we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for listening, everyone. <laughs>